wanna think about nothing Just watching you dancing Feel like the beginning of something And in the end, in the end All I wanna do is just fall in I don't wanna think about Good morning! Happy Blessed Resurrection Sunday from here at Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Our text for today is from the 16th chapter of Mark, the first eight verses. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed, for you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am a huge Downton Abbey fan, as are millions around the world. My ringtone is the Downton Abbey theme song. However, it took me some time to forgive Julian Fellows for killing off Matthew Crawley just moments after meeting his newborn son. As his car went off the road on the TV screen at the end of season three, I audibly gasped, stood up and cried out, no! And this was the Christmas special. Say it isn't so, now what? What a cliffhanger. I would have to wait a few months for season four to see how poor Mary would carry on without her beloved Matthew. Or just maybe we would be told it was all just a bad dream. Well, anyone who has read the Gospel of Mark understands what weird endings are. In fact, some early Christians were so uncomfortable with Mark's abrupt ending that they added another ending to his gospel. We have verses 9 through 20 at the end of the 16th chapter of Mark, but with footnotes that tell us that the earliest manuscripts of Mark's book did not include them. Mark did not write this longer ending. Mark's gospel ends with the women who have just been commanded to tell the disciples the good news that Jesus has been raised from the dead, running off in fear, not telling anyone anything. End of story. Is there a missing page to this account? Did Mark not back up his hard drive? Well, 
We know they had to have told someone, or how could Mark have found out? Because he was not a witness at the tomb. And how could there be Christians today if someone did not tell the good news that the tomb was empty, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead that Sunday morning? What we have is a grammatically awkward, abrupt ending. The women fail, leaving in fear and saying nothing to anyone. What we know is that at some point, the women were apostles to the apostles. At some point in time, they told what they had seen, and the disciples believed. At some point, the women remembered to tell the disciples to go to Galilee, where Jesus would be waiting for them. Now, the disciples would not have gone on the word of some hysterical women, However, they would have been reminded that Jesus told them, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Why did Jesus say, let's meet in Galilee? Well, that was home to several of the disciples. Now that they think the Jesus movement is over, after all, their leader was killed, it's logical that they would go home and try to get work. And when they get there, Jesus is waiting for them. Galilee was the site of his ministry of teaching, healing, exorcism, and feeding the hungry. His fame spread out from there. It seems logical that it could continue from there. You know, pick back up from where they left off. Jesus meets the disciples back home in the ordinary stuff of life. Jesus keeps his promise to those who failed him. Perhaps this is what Mark's contemporaries needed to hear. They were living during the reign of Nehru, one of the greatest persecutors of Christians. He had both Peter and Paul executed. Many of Mark's readers were facing the same possibility. Where is Jesus in the midst of their trials, sufferings, and deaths? They would need the assurance that Mark provides by telling them that Jesus goes ahead of them through the trials, sufferings, and death. Jesus went ahead of them to the resurrection from the dead. We should have been prepared for Mark's ending. The disciples hear Jesus predict his passion three times and end up confused and arguing about who is the greatest among them. Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, but Jesus rebukes when he explains what that will mean. Then we see the betrayal of Judas, the denial of Peter, the desertion of the disciples, and now the failure of these women who up to this point had been the most faithful of his followers. They were too afraid to speak of the wonder they have witnessed. And so, Mark leaves us with no ending in mid-sentence. But then, Mark's beginning was just as abrupt. There was no nativity story, no background or genealogy, no history of the word made flesh. Mark's first sentence is, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Sounds more like a title than an opening sentence. 
Mark starts off telling us his account is only the beginning of the good news of what God is doing for the world through Jesus the Christ. So, of course, he cannot write the ending. It has not yet happened. It is as if the women left the tomb running to pass the baton of good news to the next runner in the resurrection relay race. And the race is still going on. We are the next resurrection people. We bear the baton of good news to hand off to the next generation. We bear hope, love, and grace that we are commanded to carry to those living without. But what do we say? What do we proclaim? Start with, he is risen. It happened just as he told you. Jesus had promised his disciples that he would rise after three days, and he did. He kept his promise. Therefore, we can trust him to keep all his other promises. We can turn to places like Psalm 16, where we are told, God holds my lot. God has secured a beautiful inheritance for me. God will not abandon my soul. God will not let me see corruption. In Christ, God has made known to us the path of life. He promises the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. And that is just one psalm. God's promises are secure and trustworthy. That is what the empty tomb tells us. The grave was not the end. Rather, the empty tomb was the beginning of a story that will not end until Jesus returns in all his glory to claim us as his own. It is only the beginning, and we are empowered and equipped to work for the good in all situations because we trust God's promises that all will come to a good end even when we cannot see the evidence. It is only the beginning. So join the race. Claim your spot because you don't want to miss the end. Amen.